All right. I get oh. so confused about how to start when Joel's not here. Yeah, he's, he does all the work. <laughs> <laughs> something about, something about, no, that's wrapping up chips. I'm like, how do we start? I know how we end. Wrapping chips. <laughs> We're going to clap. Ooh, that was a good clap. That was really solid. Yeah, thanks. I'll be practicing at home. Nice. I sit in the bathroom and clap just to get the podcasting <laughs> technique. Get the right acoustic. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. important. Dad's clapping again. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hi everybody, uh, I'm joined by Brayden and Tim and my name is Ethan. Uh, it is really exciting uh, to have you here, Tim. You haven't been on the... I haven't. Chip Lunch, Chip no, Lunch, is that what no. this is? This is the Chip Lunch this podcast, Chip Lunch welcome to the Chip Lunch podcast, make sure you like and subscribe. Um, but no, I'm, I'm the first time, so thanks yeah, for having me really at exciting. the desk. Was, did you also have your first time on... The Shock Absorber recently? Was I that did. Your, yes, it was my first He's on a media time. tour. Yeah. Right, yeah. Tim's actually releasing I'm a book. I'm promoting my new book. Uh, make sure you buy uh, at the places down below. <laughs> here, here, and here. <laughs> we actually can link to a book. We can. We can link to a book. Do you have something to sell? Uh, I mean, like a puppet? You wrote something for a book. I mean, I did write something for a book. It's, um, yeah. I mean, it's a little academic, so I don't know how <laughs> exciting it would be for the general populace. Uh, the, the general listener of Chip Lunch may not get really excited about me talking about What's um, it called? A, uh, the book is called engage all generations um and it's about intergenerational ministry and i wrote a book a chapter called um socio-cultural something something church talking about my favorite dead <laughs> russian who's uh Vygotsky. so um yeah something if you want to read about um educational psychology and a dead russian dude and why that <laughs> makes international sorry intergenerational church um really formative for everyone uh you can buy the book right there <laughs> uh, i actually don't know how to put links on the screen oh there you go we'll figure it out <laughs> it'll happen it'll have happened by now uh, um, and that is that is heaps of fun that's really cool um what got you into doing that um specifically that chapter or just yeah. in general um i mean i my daytime like, job so like why do you have a favorite dead russian <laughs> why do i have a favorite dead russian that is a great question um i've got a favorite dead russian because he says what i want him to say which is um that when you gather people together who are unlike themselves mm. yeah. um that's actually really formative for everyone um and so i really like that because i think that it is um, what the Bible is telling us about how we do, how we grow as disciples of Jesus. Um, this guy is this dead Russian. He's not um, a Christian guy. He's not trying to think about church and faith formation, mm. but he is trying to think about how children learn and grow in different areas, uh, particularly his interest was language. Um, but the fact that he is noticing in his research that when children were hanging out with people who were slightly older than them, mm. uh, that was actually making them grow. Uh, and so rather than for the church, um, rather than just siloing off, um, you know, like let's put all the year ones in a room and just keep them as, and teach them as year ones and give all the year threes and the year sevens and the year tens. Actually, there's real um, formative work that happens. We grow as disciples when we actually um, come together and we actually 
hanging out and learning about what it means to be a Christian with people who are unlike ourselves. Mm. So uh, I really like that because I'm super passionate about children's ministry and youth ministry. I really love the time that peers get to hang out together. Um, but I also, uh, being part of Soul Revival Church, I'm really passionate <laughs> yes. about hanging out with people who are unlike ourselves, mm. which, um, yeah, which is cool. And it's one of the things we're on about here because we... So we think that Jesus calls us to do that. Absolutely, yeah. And, and that's the fundamental reason I think that actually this is how God has designed us as Christians to be, is to actually grow in our knowledge, love and obedience to Jesus by hanging out with people who are unlike ourselves. Uh, I think that's really cool. Very, very, very cool. So that's why I wrote a chapter about a dead Russian. Nice. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that you I love that you went and found, you were like, oh yeah, Jesus tells us to do this. And I'm sure there's lots of Christian things that tell you to do this. But I found this random non-Christian dead Russian man who... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's, he's not that random. He's, oh, okay. he's pretty uh, famous <laughs> if, um, if in the educational space. His right. name is Vygotsky, Lev Vygotsky. And um, yeah, anyone who's studied education in the last kind of 20 to 30 years will be familiar with his stuff. Okay. So it was basically finding the right theorist who is noticing the things that I wanted to notice. Nice. <laughs> did, you, did you find when you were growing up, um, oh, we, we could get your backstory, <laughs> properly but um as you were growing up did you find yourself hanging out with older people and and noticing that that's something in your life or was that something that you feel like you were not were missing but would have gained more from yeah i think um so as i think about like i grew up in a christian family and going to church regularly um and going to school uh christian school um, I suppose in the church is where you, you bump into the most people who are unlike yourselves yeah. regularly. Mm. Um, and so when there was one church we were going to when I was very young and then mid-primary school, my parents changed church to Guymere. Actually, the first person I met as I walked into Guymere was your granddad. Um, there you go. Pete Crawshaw. Um, shout out to Pete. And as we walked in, uh, he was the leader of the Sunday school at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was this primary kid being brought up by my parents and, they, and he greeted me at the door with this massive, you know, g'day, how you going, lovely to see you. Um, and so what I really appreciate about that was that there was this great love that he had for Jesus uh, and a great love that he had for making that known to uh, particularly children. Um, and so every week um, on Sunday, mornings i'd go and hang out with uh, mr c um <laughs> he would tell us the sheffield wednesday scores yep um and i think sheffield wednesday was doing a bit better in the uh mid to late 90s than they are so doing right now don't, so don't remind me don't remind you <laughs> so if uh, anybody if anybody wants to join me i'm uh for those of you who don't know sheffield wednesday is a team in england that just got relegated and we're all really sad about it um if anyone wants to join me in supporting the club by buying heaps of merch uh i'm going to be doing a merch purchase around Christmas, so let me know. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a jersey for you. The the away the away kit is pink, and I'm really excited. <laughs> I will not be getting an away jersey, but um, I'm really happy for a home one. Um, uh, yeah, so that was really cool. And I think, um, I mean, I th you know, all kids who go to Sunday school are obviously hanging out with people who are older yeah. than themselves uh, in their leaders. Um, but the attitude that leaders can have to that one could be oh, i'm doing this because it's a, a ministry and i feel i should um one is you know it's i've you know i feel obligated or it might be that i'm really passionate about kids um part of the the network there is when leaders not just wanting to hang out with kids to teach them but actually want to be their friends uh, i think that's really key and that's what i noticed whether i don't know if they were doing this intentionally i presume they were but mm -hmm. um people like uh 
you know, your granddad, Pete Croshaw, um, others, Adam Darvell, I think was one of my leaders for a while. Um, a few other people who are still at church with us today um, and others I know who have moved to other churches. But they genuinely did want to be our friends. They wanted to get to know us as people um, as well as teach us about Jesus and help us to grow as disciples. And so that was really formative going through um, – you know, the, the Sunday school and then after year six we went had this thing called Brecky Club. Um, so Fee Francesconi <laughs> was running that and we would make breakfast every week and sit and read the Bible together. And again, there was something really just friendship based around mm. that. It was relational and yeah. it was people of different generations who genuinely wanted to be our friend and wanted yeah. to get to know us and shape us and sharing their lives with us. So, yeah, that was really formative. That's really cool. What about you, Braden? Did you have... A, a similar or a different experience? I think I had, I had a pretty similar experience when I rocked up to church in terms of like, I, the first night I rocked up to youth group, I'd never been to a church before. I think I said this in the first episode, but like Joel, who's normally with us and a friend called Michael Gray, who's now at another church, but he, they were both just being crazy and super excited to get to know me straight away. And, yeah, they were they were seeing how many chairs they could jump over. <laughs> how youth group that youth group started. It was a spin to win night, but yeah, it's just like um, older people who genuinely just wanted to be our friends. Like people like Craig Napper as well was another one of my leaders who genuinely. I love getting to chat with them now. It's so awesome to be again. We've moved life stages mm. as we've grown up, but it, I think they're still just genu- as genuinely interested as. They were on day one, which is really lovely to get to hang out. And I think, yeah, you don't hang out with, until you kind of finish high school, you don't really hang out with people of different, even little age gaps that much, mm. I think, unless like maybe you have a sibling's friends or something. I think, yeah, um, until you're out of high school, it's kind of like this, you you are segregated into years and you hang out in your own little spot in the playground <laughs> and, and you hide off in the corner. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you're like more siloed in high school than I don't know if you ever are elsewhere. Yeah. Like you're like I'm I'm in year nine. I'm hanging out with other year nine boys, and that's it. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I wonder. I went to a, a Christian school where there was probably as many kids in the high school mm-hmm. as there were in some of our like our local public schools. There might be a whole, in the whole, all of year nine. There might be as many kids as there were in my whole high school. Right. Uh, so yes. that would make that would change things. Th- it just changes things <laughs> because yeah. I think there was what sixty people per grade okay. um, okay. in our high school, and so it did mean that even just in the playground, on the bus to and from, yeah. um, at different events, assemblies and stuff, there, there was actually plenty of not your grade people yeah. hanging around. Okay. Um, yeah. And actually, most of my best friends in high school were not my grade um, I actually hang out with a lot of people who are older than me and a lot of people who are younger than me I don't know why um, <laughs> uh, but yeah they ended up being some of my best friends um, yeah during high school and even after high school I think I don't know if I'm in touch with anyone from my year <laughs> now but I'm still in touch with a few people who are older and a few people who are younger yeah that's really cool um, we spoke a little bit with ETH about being a Christian in primary school how did you? F- where did you go to primary school? Uh, so it was the same school. So um, oh, yeah, all the way. Yeah, through, so yeah. It was, I was it was K to twelve school. So um, Shire Christian School now it was called Sutherland Shire Christian School then. Yeah. Um, subtle name change. Huge rebranding. <laughs> yeah, re- massive rebranding. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I was there from K to twelve, um, yeah. and 
Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I spoke, I heard uh, Gemma's episode of Chip Lunch a couple of weeks ago. I think that's the same school, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, um, similar kind of experience in that when you, uh, certainly in primary school, you don't always know that it's different, right? You don't know that yeah. it's kind of weird yeah. um, because <laughs> it's, it's just life. And maybe it gets yeah. into high school, you realise it's a little bit different because you real, you're more aware outside your own mm. self that there are mates um, at youth group. Certainly when I was going to youth group at Guy Mere, yeah. um, there was probably about 80 kids coming to the year seven, eight youth group. And I reckon 78 of those were from Kiriway High. Um, <laughs> and then there was me and my mate from Shire. So we felt... Very much in the minority, yeah. um, that we didn't really know anyone. Um, yeah. And so we were kind of the outsiders, which was really weird um, in some sense. Um, that wasn't so, the group was really welcoming. Um, the leaders were awesome, and there were some really great mates during that time. Um, but you're going to primary school. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the school was really intentional about building Jesus and the Bible into everything that you do. Yeah. Um, and so that. Again, you don't realise when you're in primary school that's weird um, and different, but it just it's just part of the natural course, um, what you do. And then, yeah, you go through high school um, and it's the same kind of thing. Like there's just all the teachers are explicitly Christian um, yeah. and seeking to, um, yes, teach, teach you their subject area, yeah. um, but are also invested in your um, spiritual discipleship like they actually yeah. want you to be christians mm. um i think one of the interesting things were in going to a christian i guess again particularly high school because you're aware of it more was it's really easy to just assume that you're a christian yeah um and so it's really easy to just be this kind of beige vanilla christian because that's just the assumption that everyone is yeah. everyone's vaguely christian yeah. <laughs> um and so whereas at a, a public school i know that you guys have talked a lot on um this podcast about being a christian in at Kiriwi high um or some of the other high schools you really stand out mm. if you take jesus seriously and if you're known as the christian you're oh you well you're the christian kid um it's really unusual at a christian high school to not be the christian Kid, like to <laughs> actively say, I'm not a Christian. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't believe any of this. I think it's rubbish. Um, that takes probably as much guts at a Christian school as it does mm. at a public school to say, hey, I'm a Christian. I take this seriously. Yeah. Um, what I think is interesting is it's also hard at the other end to take Jesus seriously in a way that actually stands out above that vanilla, mm. beige yeah. kind of veneer yeah. um, and to actually be really explicit like, yeah, I'm taking this seriously and it's changing my life and here is how. Um, and that was a big thing for me when I was in year nine. I had a teacher who uh, really pushed me on that um, in a really lovely discipleship way. Yeah. Um, who's, you know, we were chatting in the playground one time and he just said, oh, um, Timmy, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Christian Christian family, Aren't church we every week, yeah. Christian school. Yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> ticking, um, ticking the boxes. Yeah. yeah. And he just said, okay, well, here's the areas of your life I don't see that playing out. Which sounds brutal. And yeah. but it was it was a really good kick up the pants because mm -hmm. what he was saying is, okay, well, you say this, okay, let's let's see it. Yeah. Um, and he, what he was noticing was that there are particular areas where, yeah, Jesus wasn't Lord um, mm. of my life. And he was wanting, the, he really wanted me to grow as a disciple of Jesus. Um, and so he pushed me in that way. And that was really good. And one of the key things that he did through that process over a number of 
weeks and months, I assume, um, was he said, oh, there's, there's this lunchtime group um, for, yeah, you, where you can, you know, like a Christian lunchtime group, cut, like chip lunch, um, and you should go along to that just mm. to sort of, you know, really dig deep. Um, and I knew that it was this very small group, one teacher and a couple of really weird fringe kids um, at, you know, at the back of the school somewhere. Um, I'm like, yeah, no, there's no way. I'm far too cool <laughs> to go into that. <laughs> and he just pushed me and goes, yeah, no, 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 I think you should, think you should go. Yeah. Uh, I said, okay. So I went um, and it was as awful as I <laughs> imagined it would be. And I came back to him and I said, look, that was, that was tragic. Um, and it was just, it was boring and dull and I'm, I'm far too cool. I'm a little bit punk rock and, you know, uh, that's far too, you know, vanilla mm -hmm. for me. And he goes, great, change it. That's like, really oh, cool. Okay. And so <laughs> me and my mates then started to go, try and go regularly and yeah. change it. And that was, I think that was year nine. By the time it was in year 11 and 12, me and my mates, we were the key leaders of that group. And it had gone from a couple of kids um, and a teacher at the back of the school somewhere to one of the, either outside or one of the, you know, most in the, really close to the playground classrooms with big glass windows mm. yeah. um, and probably 60, 80 kids awesome. going along yeah. regularly. Um, cool. And uh, and it wasn't, I'm not trying to take credit for that, but it was, yeah, the fact that we were being explicitly and boldly Christian mm. um, and, being, and drawing others into that and being yeah. excited about it. And that's what I think was, as I said, it was a little unusual at the time to say, um, hey, I'm, I'm not just this, you know, veneer Christianity because that's just expected everyone is at the school. Uh, I really wanted to go and push hard mm. at this. Um, and it was that process that really got me excited about ministry and, and wanted to do ministry for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I think like a really cool distinction there is like you've said like you you're excited about intergenerational ministry. You've had older people, younger people talking to your life. But yeah, you actually let an older teacher speak into your life. I think that's more than just... Like that's having a proper relationship with someone. I think that's a really cool distinction that you had that he felt permission to say, "Hey Tim, like this is actually I'm actually going to challenge you here because we have this we have a relationship where I can challenge you." Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super important to have with people around you and in church. Like, have you how have you found having that? Have you found those types of relationships, and have you? How important have they been to you and letting actually letting people guide you and speak into your life? Yeah, oh, massively. Um, there's been lots of leaders. So another one, um, when I was in youth group, uh, Daryl Barden uh, was another great leader who, again, because me and my mate were kind of the, the outs, weird outsiders and everyone else knew each other from Kiralee <laughs> High, yeah. um, sometimes we were, we were on the side literally of the games or the activities and whatever. And there was this one, you know, um, Daryl Barden, Shane Smiltnicks was another guy um, who just really intentionally, um, it felt like, was seeking us out yeah, uh, and yeah. to just bring us in and have conversations um, either at the side of the room or invite us into the game. Um, and so there were lots of different things going on there. Uh, and so, yeah, so those guys were, were really, really key. Um, uh, and then as I kind of got older, um, some of the leaders as well. So Fee Francesconi, Tim Baldwin, Stu Crawshaw, um, sort of as we went through the age, different youth groups. Um, yeah, a lot of the leaders speaking into us yeah. in that way. Um, 
And in lots of different ways, like um, some, it was really explicitly a discipleship relationship. Yeah. Uh, for others, um, I mean, one of the leaders, Dave, he was heaps into um, like punk rock and hardcore screamo type yeah. stuff. And we had this night where um, it was all the leaders got to play their favourite song um, <laughs> from a Christian artist. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it was all these different Christian artists. And basically what they were trying to do was show that there's a there's a whole lots of different types of Christian music. Yeah. Um, and he played this screamo song um, after someone else had played like Amy Grant or something. <laughs> um, and it was beautiful. I was just like, I was in love. Um, what band was it? Uh, it was Unashamed. Uh, one of the early tooth and nail mm -hmm. uh, hardcore bands. And there was, and it, again, there was this unique That's moment in the late 90s yeah. um, called Spirit Filled Hardcore. So it was all these guys <laughs> in these crazy screaming, like, you know, yeah. sound possessed hardcore bands, yeah. but singing about Jesus yeah. and Bible lyrics it's and so just being really excited. And I, I really do believe that, that that was also really formative for me. So I'm really thankful for Dave for introducing me to. Christian punk hardcore metal kind of stuff because again there was something about that that was resonated with you know who I was and the stuff I was into yeah. but was also really explicitly Christian and excitedly Christian like really mm. just super excited about being Jesus followers and so f through high school finding those people um, in church teachers at school um, international and local bands that were really excited about being Je uh, Jesus followers. Yeah. All of that was, I think, really key in, um, you know, keeping me in the faith, holding me yeah. through that process and also being excited about Jesus as well. So you were really inspired by people reaching down. How did that affect your relationship with people younger than you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, again, through high school, like doing the leadership of that lunchtime group meant that I was, I mean, most of the people there were, by the time I was in year 11 and 12, obviously most of them are juniors. So they're, yeah. you know, talking to them and teaching them. So ministering to them, um, but also seeing their passion mm. come forward as well. Um, and there was, you know, towards the end of my year 12, thinking about, okay, who's going to continue this group going yeah. on? So invest, trying to invest in people mm -hmm. who would then, you know, leaders after I'd finished up um, was really cool. Um about again, about year nine or year ten, I started in children's ministry at Guy Mir, um, uh with your grandma, Honey Bev, um, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and so that was really cool as well. Um, and so being, and that was, I started with the preschool room, yeah. um, and just seeing like these crazy kids actually. I won't name names, but some of them are uh, with still at our church and they were <laughs> crazy uh, at the time. Um, but just loving preschool kids and seeing them yeah. love Jesus and the way that they express. Yeah, that idea that Jesus says in Matthew about um, looking to children and mm. seeing the childlike faith that they have mm. and the way that they um, take on, you know, show us what it means to be disciples of Jesus. I think probably again, I wasn't really aware of it at the time, but that was really formative as well, being able to do that. And, and so that's, you know, from 15 or so, I've been doing children's ministry ever since. Mm. Too many years to count now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really... So yeah, so uh, looking down the generations, seeing yeah. that's one of the reasons I'm really passionate about children's ministry um, is just I love uh, hanging out with kids and, and watching them grow and develop and express faith. Yeah. Uh, I love the way that primary school, infant school kids tell me the things that they're learning about Jesus or the yeah. passages they're reading or the way that they pray or the way they're trying to follow Jesus. And that's really formative for me still. So yeah. I get real, a great joy out of doing that. That's awesome.
we were speaking with Joel. La- I think it was the last episode. We we very much film these in order. And <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an intentional. Yes, yeah. yes. So um, we were speaking with Joel last episode about kind of like finishing high school and what that was like and kind of, um, yeah, just it's a very formative time. There's also a lot of changes going on. So you'd grown up going through that Christian high school experience where you were surrounded by Christians, even if they were more on fire, less on fire. Mm. That That's all people's lives anyway. But like how did you find finishing year 12 and then moving on from there? Yeah, um, I was – because I'd gone through this – leadership stuff at school um i was pretty convinced before i finished high school that i wanted to do ministry mm-hmm. um and so i wanted to go and work at youth works outdoors campsites and uh do outdoor ministry yeah. um and my mum really wisely said no um, <laughs> she goes that's awesome and i'm really stoked if you want to do ministry for the rest of your life yeah. um but I, i'd love you to go and um do something at uni first. Don't care what. Just go do something <laughs> at uni. Um, just get some life experience, growing your maturity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, grow as a person. Encounter um, more people. Get into a different space. All of yeah. that kind of stuff. Totally. Um, and so um, I started in a science degree. Um, lasted about four weeks before deciding not nah, just don't care about science all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's finding oxygen in the test tube. I found oxygen in the test tube, and I didn't care. Yeah. Um, so we, we um, I looked around to find out what else was going on. That's so good. Um, and there was, uh, oh, but my girlfriend, now wife at the time, um, she was doing a bit of sociology, yeah. and I went to a sociology class with her because I had a period off, and <laughs> why not? What uni was this for? Though? Uh, Wollongong, Wollongong yeah. Uni. Yeah. Yep. So I wandered into sociology class lecture, yeah. um. And again, it was kind of one of those moments of just like, oh, I'm in love. Like, this, <laughs> is, this is fantastic. <laughs> Learning about how culture works, how society works, how people think. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, that's really hitting the spot for me. Yeah. Um, so after, so I, I finished my first semester in science and then transferred to an arts degree, um, which was awesome and ended up majoring in philosophy. Um, one of the weird things about going from a Christian school to a, a uni class the first few weeks um, when we had classes that were butted up against lunch. Uh, um, I was used to everyone kind of saying grace together before oh. we go out to lunch. Because that was just, again, yeah. like at a Christian school, it's kind of, you know, Jesus is, is everywhere. So if you had a period before lunch, it was pretty normal for the teachers to say, all right, we're about to go to lunch. Let's you know pray to God and thank him for the food we're about to have and the fun we're about to do. Cool. Um, so I went to uni and that was one of the weird things. It was like, oh, that's right. We don't say grace <laughs> altogether. <laughs> Um, at the end of the uni <laughs> class. So that was a bit weird. I um, had the opposite experience going to college. I'd never been in an environment where people oh yeah. were like, oh, now let's pray before an exam or let's pray <laughs> before <laughs> having lunch and after having lunch. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it is like dude, shifting between those different spaces can be yeah. really disconcerting. And, um, and that's why like a lot of people who have grown up in Christian households um, – uh, and, and particularly, I think, is a, um, a challenge for those who have gone to Christian schools. Yeah. When you hit uni, um, you're maybe for the first time in a significant non-Christian environment. Yeah. Um, and I know for many um, people, for the, whom that's their first significant experience of a, a non-Christian environment, that can be really challenging for yeah. them. Mm. Um, and so one of the things that we can be doing as churches is um, really helping people work through that process yeah. um, of what it means to go from uh, high school to 
um, uni. Um, maybe sometime for the first time hearing objections to the Christian faith, yeah, hearing yeah. being surrounded by people who think that being a Christian is a bit loopy, yeah. uh, um, uh, a bit strange, um, uh, or, or worse. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that can be really um, difficult. Um, I think, again, because I had a really strong um, fellowship at uh, church, like the, the Soul mm. Revival group we were part of was really significant. There was a Christian group, at uni, which I kind of dipped in and out of. I wasn't heaps committed to it, mostly because they met on days that I wasn't there. It was an arts degree. I only had to turn up one and a half days a <laughs> week. Yeah. Um, Amen. Yeah. Sorry, that, was, that was my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, but there were, there were significant people and moments that kind yeah. of kept me through that and, and helped me process all of that really well. Um, but, yeah, I think that's one of the challenges for people who are yeah. entering uni um, is, is doing those things. And particularly if you are doing sort of humanities degrees, that can be a real challenge. Yeah. Um, uh, science degrees can be a real challenge. Not that there aren't wonderful Christians in, you know, the humanities mm. and in the science fields and in mm. law and medicine and everything. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you can feel really lonely. Yeah. Um, and so that's a real big challenge for that time. Um, I can't remember what your question was and how we ended up here, the question was pretty much what was next. Yeah, what was right. next? That, um, was next. that was um, next. So yeah, so I studied philosophy um, and then at the end of my degree, I did what all good art students do, particularly those with a Bachelor of Philosophy. I sold shoes for a couple of years um, <laughs> because that's about all you're qualified to do. Yep. Um, what brand of shoes? Uh, so I was working for, I don't know if it's still there, Williams the Shoemen um, that used to be at Miranda and then wow. at uh, Menai as well. Like ah. Fancy shoes? Uh, no, oh, no, is? it was, was it a pretty like? um, medium, it, it kind of middle of the road shoe store. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah um, you know, a reasonable quality, but you know, not super expensive, but not budget shoes or us. Yeah. So it's of. not like Big W, but it's... No, not Big W. Like, yeah. So it was, they were a pretty serious shoe company. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so there was, yeah, pretty good quality. Um, and my highlights is fame during that period. Oh, so there was. <laughs> this is this is actually when we asked what's next. This is the kind of information. Okay, here, so here's what's next. What's <laughs> next was I ended up on about two seconds um, of national news footage. What? Ooh. Yeah, because um, the premier at the time, Bob Carr, announced this uh, sort of you know payment packages for parents of school kids. Sure. Um, and one of the things that was kind of like, this will help you pay for your school shoes. And so uh, they did this and our little shoe store, uh, Williams at Menai, got picked as the spot where the premier and the news crew and everyone would come. And so he could do his big in front of the cameras. Look, I'm giving money to parents. Um, <laughs> and so he did his thing out the front and then they came inside and they filmed me fitting shoes on this you know high school amazing student <laughs> um and that the so i made the national news that night for about so two seconds in incredible. between in cutting with bob carr going look at me i'm awesome that's amazing so you peaked <laughs> i peaked <laughs> well after after my arts degree i yeah, peaked yeah. selling shoes in my two seconds of national news footage <laughs> what was the what was the highest seller there what was your biggest item? yeah hot ticket item um what was a hot ticket item actually there was a period that they some super fancy, like massively expensive American brand brought out this fancy looking Ugg boot. Ooh. Um, and what our shoe, because we were kind of middle of the road, mm. um, what we were really good at doing was doing a slightly cheaper version of expensive brands. Okay. And so there was this one, you know, Ugg boot type thing that mm, we released. Yeah. Fluffy, um, fluffy boot. Yeah, yeah, which was, yeah, 
like only 120 in, in, compared to like the 500 or whatever you had to buy for the premium product. Yeah. Mm. And so everyone, of course, wanted the premium look for the cheap price. Yeah. Uh, and so that for a number of months, that was our game. We could not get them in from the warehouse quick enough. We were selling yeah. out. I'm sure um, Joel bought a couple of pairs. He's oh yeah. infamous for his love of Ugg boots. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> and so sometime after that, I got paid to do children's ministry. Yes. Yeah. And that's Excellent. where I've been ever since. So that was like your, yeah. your goal originally when leaving high school. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and yeah. then, so you've gone, you've done your arts degree, like all good, yep. mm. all good shy people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Arts degree is awesome. Yeah. And then, so what, like what got you into working? I'm guessing this is kids at Guymer Anglican? Uh, yeah, so at the time I was just, I mean, I was a leader on Sunday mornings for kids ministry, Friday nights for youth ministry. We had um, a full-time youth minister who was there at the time. Um, he finished up to move up the coast to go and join another church. Um, and so the church, you know, kind of had this full-time pay packet. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, what do we get? Like, you know, we would love to employ people for that. Mm. Um, and the choice that the um, church made at the time was instead of employing one full-time person to mm. replace um, Tim, was to uh, actually fund a number of student ministers. Yeah, that's um, cool. And so there were a number of us, I think that may have been when, when Jai came on, when yeah. Matt came on, when Fee came on and I came on as well. We were all kind of just working one and a half, two days a week. Yeah. Um, while also studying. So during yeah. that, so I came on one half days working with um, Tracy, who was already, uh, I think, four day a week children's minister. So yeah. I kind of came in as her 2IC, um, <laughs> which was really cool. It's a party. Uh, yeah, it was. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I ended up on staff at Guy Mir. Um And while I was there, I thought, oh, well, I probably should study ministry and Bible stuff during that yeah. time as well. Mm. So, um, well, you're a student. Well, I was, yeah, I was just kind of being paid as a student ministry and not actually studying. So I thought maybe I should do the student bit. Um, and so started at SNBC part-time mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that was lots of fun. There you go. Yeah. Never, never looked back at the shoes? Never looked back at the shoes, no. No, I've never been tempted back into the world of retail. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> um, that's really cool. And then from uh, being a children's minister for a while, you started working with YouthWorks. And what is, what is that role? Like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I worked for Guy Mir for about seven years. Yep. Uh, working my way from, you know, kind of started one and a half days and I ended up, after seven years, I was full time. Mm -hmm. um, but during that period, particularly during my study, was um, convicted that uh, I really liked the, the nerdy side of children's and youth ministry. Um, <laughs> so like reading Dead Russians, for example, yeah. uh, just like that Full really circle. excites me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I realised that that is not everyone's passion. Um, <laughs> but I should lean into the stuff that um, God has uniquely made me to be. So yeah. I was already starting to think, what, you know, what's the best, like how can I serve Jesus the best? Yeah. Like what does it actually look like? I'm passionate about children's ministry, passionate about youth ministry. Um, I really want young people to know, love and obey Jesus. Uh, that's my constant refrain. Um, but, you know, God has kind of equipped me with this nerdy brain that really loves the philosophy and the sociology mm. and the education theory and, um, and the teaching of that to others so that they can then go and do it. And I also realised that um, 
In terms of the creative side of children's ministry, I do not have a lot of the gifts that make people excellent <laughs> children's ministers. Um, there are a lot of people that I work with now uh, in, who are their local children's ministry in churches who yeah. are far better children's ministers than I could be because of their creative skills, the way that they, you know, they get excited about different things. Um, and the gifts that they have in storytelling and all sorts of things. I think the way that, you know, at this point in time, certainly that God has particularly and uniquely equipped me to serve uh, his church is to be excited about that nerdy stuff um, <laughs> and then translate that to others to help equip them for ministry. Um, and so the the role of YouthWorks came up, um, which is basically... It, I guess it's kind of like a consultancy type role. Yeah, okay. um, and so I basically go around and I hang out with other churches um, and help them do children's ministry really well. And again, and part of that is also lecturing at YouthWorks College. So I get to lecture in youth and children's and intergenerational ministry. Um, and so, yeah, I get to really you know dive into that nerdy side mm. of things and do research and readings, write lectures, write trainings. Uh, and help others who, as I said, sometimes are heaps better children's ministers than I could ever be, um, but give them the the foundations they need to do their job really well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I spend most of my week um, consulting with churches and hanging out with children's ministers uh, really in cool. non-COVID time. We spend a lot of time in cafes, yep. <laughs> um, drinking coffee, uh, reading books, hanging out with people, praying with people, yeah. visiting other churches, watching their youth and children's ministry, mm-hmm. um, so, like, you know, giving them tips and things. Oh, I've noticed you've done this. What if you tried tweaking this? Um, and then also stealing all the best ideas that I can <laughs> see from others and going over, over to others. I'm like, oh, I noticed this church over here yeah. did that. Mm. Uh, you should try, yeah, give that a go. And yeah. so yeah. I'm able to do that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's really fun. That's very cool. There's, um, it's kind of fun how we almost full circled there from your, um, we started talking about the Russian dude and we ended talking about that kind of thing. And I also was reflecting while you were talking, I'm like, I loved that at some point in this story, there was a moment where you were like, yeah, I am, I am way too cool and grunge to go to this Christian group. And now you're like, <laughs> what I really love is the nerdy side of kids ministry. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the parallels are excellent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, so somewhere in my daydreaming, I'd love to write um, a paper, uh, something and research the ethics of the offspring, um, <laughs> which kind of brings those two together. Because I think there's something- For, for context, what, is, what does that mean? Uh, sorry, the offspring is a uh, late 90s, early 2000s uh, <laughs> skate punk uh, band. Um, and what I find I- listening to their lyrics um, is they're really, they have a really interesting ethic. Um, because they're, they're a little bit punk and they're like, you know, anti-establishment and, you know, enjoy life. There's a bit of, you know, kind of this uh, only enjoyment matters, only, mm-hmm. you know, hedonism kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's also, there's a number of songs which, you know, take family responsibility really seriously and um, looking mm. after others and That's so real. like, yeah. um, you know, dissing on people who are being lazy and, so there's huh. there's something there's something that's really intriguing me about that. So that would bring my, my punk rock and my academic <laughs> nerdiness together. together. Yeah. Um, the ethics of the offspring. The perfect synergy. Oh. That, that would be awesome, but I just don't have time in my life. For I look moment. forward to that book tour. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> link in the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that I think is a nice place to wrap up the chips as we were laughing about at the start. Important question. To, we didn't actually ask oh, him. True. Do you have... What, like, what's your chip order? Do you have chicken salt on your chips? Uh, I usually just by default. Um, I mean, I like chicken salt. I'm not super passionate about oh, okay. it. Um, mm-hmm. But 
I mean, yeah, it's 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 enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Sauce? Yeah. Uh, not if the chicken salt's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. If you get if you get a high enough chicken salt quantity. That's right. Yeah. No yeah. But not too much. Sometimes, like, yeah, it looks artificial and yellow. That's right. Yeah. yeah there's, there's too much chicken salt. You've got to find the perfect balance. Yeah. Fair there enough. is a balance. Balance yeah. in life. Balance in life. Do you remember that ad that was like, it was, it was pretty much the, the why not do both thing, but it was a dude who, like, got chicken salt and salt and was like, Putting them both on his chips. That's, that's super excited unnecessary. For, right? Yeah. I tried it and it wasn't worth it. Okay. I'm excited for Eck to try and find that that ad. Yes. Have fun. Thanks, Eck. <laughs> <laughs> We're also, Eck and I are also going to learn how to do the YouTube links. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Tim. Pleasure. For joining us on Chip Lunch. It's great to be here. Very yeah. cool to have you. Um, if you want to, for those of you listening slash watching, if you want to check out uh, any of our other episodes, um, scroll back they're pretty fun um you can meet joel he'll be back um <laughs> if you haven't already there's um you can listen to it on the podcast if you or if you're there or you can watch it on the youtube if you're not there um we've got other things uh happening at sorrow church we've got the shock absorber uh podcast which tim referenced and was a guest on so if you want to yeah. see a familiar pl- face jump over there and they what do you guys talk about in that episode you talk about the we're talking about the theology of intergenerational ministry there's Excellent. some uh, so by Tim and dead Russians and <laughs> the no, no, nerdy that, side of yeah. Tim that we were chatting about. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can go real deep there, which is really cool, really exciting. Um, so check that out. Um, we also have all of our gatherings at church are going on to our YouTube channels and, all, and our podcast as well. So give them a listen if you want to uh, check them out. Um, jump on the Discord. Yeah. If That's you have any thing. more questions for Tim or for anyone that we've had on or for us or you just want to chat about things, jump on the Discord. Yep. Uh, there'll be a link in the description. Um, and... I think that's. I think. I think we've ticked all the boxes. Cool. Is that how we end? All ticked off. Do we, we want to wrap it with, with a, a one way? We do. Whoa. We do. That is Tim's true. on it. Do you want to hear a Look, I've listened to all veterans. <laughs> uh, I, I like and subscribe. So. Oh, well done. Yeah, get that. Hit that notification bell. That's right. <laughs> Leave a comment on yeah. YouTube saying, "Great job, guys." Please do. <laughs> Tell your friends. So Tell your mom. I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, All right. Uh, well, so we finished with a finish with the one way. Yeah. Thanks everybody. One way. One way. One way. One way.